All right, it's time to get your game right, get your mind right. Today, we are so lucky to have a guy who has been through more than most. He's played 11 seasons in the big leagues. Took him a long time to get there. He's also now become an endurance athlete. And I know for some of you, you don't even know what that is. It's a wild journey into pushing yourself beyond limits that you didn't even know existed. He's got a family of three. He's a TV personality. He's one of the first guys to really come out and, and be against some of the old school mindset of baseball and get into some of the things that actually matter for a player because he's been there. Eric Burns, man. Thank you so much, man, for being on the show. Oh, Andy, I appreciate you reaching out. And, um, no, stoked to be here, man. It's, uh, it's nice to link up with, I don't know, call it a fellow fraternity brother. And, you know, I think it's, it's a little uh, – I, I think if there's one thing that I wish we did a better job with being former Major League Baseball players – is keeping that connection to the guys and keeping that community. So I think something like this is uh, beneficial for everybody. And, you know, I think we, we get so caught up in this, this team element and, you know, it's how we all live our lives. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And I, th I think that, you know, if you're anything like me, we feel like we're on the outside looking in and, um, there's definitely a big transitional period that happens. And, you know, I think there's no better support network and crew than, uh, than the guys that you went to battle with. Without a doubt. And that's why, you know, I always strive to have guys who have played present, past, future guys, maybe in the MLB. I think what a lot of people don't realize, and for me, you know, uh, my, my career got shortened a little bit due to injury, but everybody's career is going to end at some point. The thing I miss the most, the thing that I always go back, and when I'm laying in bed at night and I'm thinking about my career and, and thinking about all the things, it's not like, oh, I missed out on money or I missed out on this or I could have had a better opportunity here. Yeah, those thoughts are, are pass and go, but the deep root is always the dudes, always the guys, mm -hmm. always people who are in that similar position because really we're the only ones that know what it took to gut it out and grind it every day and, and deal with all the stuff that comes along with being a big league ball player. If you're not the most talented guy on the field and the most talented guys have their issues, right? So mm -hmm. that's one thing I always go back. And that's what I, I try to hold dear near and dear. And it, this is funny because, you know, now that I'm getting a little more into public eye again, which I never thought I would, but I think it's relevant for today's game is, Hey, can I get uh, so-and-so's contact? I want him to do this. I'm like, dude, I'm not just going to give you my boy's contact, you know? And I think right, right away, it's like one of those things that people don't understand. But there's, a, there's like inside the network, I think as players, we understand that some guys want, don't want to be bugged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, look, here, here's <laughs> – Here's the thing with, with, with all of it. I, 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 I truly feel, and it's, um, it's something that, you know, I, I hope more attention is brought to it. But, and, and I, I can't tell you how proud I am of you and, and the steps that you're taking to, to move on uh, past baseball. Um, but 
you have to understand that there's so many guys that it, it's very difficult for them. And it, it's to see these dudes go through the process. I basically, I, I, I call them 50 fifties, man. And, and it's like half the guys I played with that I keep in contact with are, are doing great. They, they figured out a way to redirect their passion into something else in life. Uh, they're continuing to charge forward. Um, you know, and, and I think they're, they're, they're continuing to learn, they're continuing to experience. And then there's another 50%. And, and I, I, I say that and it almost makes me sick that are scuffling, man. And, yeah. and, and they're, they're scuffling, scuffling mentally, they're scuffling physically. And if there's one thing, I think, you know, going forward here, that if I could help in any way that I, I, I would love to do is just try to rally the freaking guys together, man. Like get, get, get this sort of community going where we could serve as this support network. And I, and I, I don't look, I don't expect anyone to feel sorry for a bunch of dudes that had an opportunity to play professional baseball. Of course. Yeah. But it, it's when you, when you're, when you're on the pedestal and when you're at the height and you're at the absolute peak and then all of a sudden you're at the bottom, like you, I mean, you, uh, you get knocked off that thing and all, reality hits and it, it's, it's just, it's tough. And so I really, I really feel like, you know, and you know, I have found my outlet through television is, is one of the things that help. Uh, but realistically, I found it through endurance sports. And, and I, I, I found it through swimming, biking, running, just doing epic shit, finding these adventures. Um, and then obviously the family. I mean, first and foremost, the family in, in redirecting and in being able to, to put more focus and, and attention on that. But I, I just think that if we could help guys, and which, which is what I feel like you're doing here, Andy, is, is you're helping guys find out the great question that we, we, we are going to continue to ask ourselves, ideally for the rest of our lives, and that's what's next. And I think the only way to really kind of figure that out is to figure out what's now. It's like we, you know, it, it's, we get so caught up in the bullshit of the past, and then we're consumed with, with all of our worries and fears in, 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 this, in this crazy anticipation of the future – that we forget, like, no, what, what's now? What's the moment? And that's where, that's where life happens. That's where just being present. And it's, this is a term, and it came from Ken Revisa. It's freaking brilliant, dude. It's called, it's present, present over perfect. Present, not perfect. And we spend our whole lives trying to be perfect. Like, oh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run this marathon when, um, you know, when I, when I lose 20 pounds and I do this and I do that and whatever, I'm going to go on this diet then, or I'm going to stop drinking then, or I'll stop dipping then. or I'm gonna stop And everyone has their, everyone, like we all want it to be perfect, right? Yeah. You know, I'm going to start this podcast when, when I get picked up by podcast one and I'm, and I'm, I'm distributing all these different outlets and say, you know what? Fuck that, man. Just do it. Just yeah. get it done. It's, I, yeah. I, you don't have to, you don't have to be perfect. Be present. Be present in the moment. Do what you got to do in the moment, and quit trying to be freaking perfect. I mean, it, it's such a 
getting into the triathlon world, I had every excuse to, every excuse to not even think about swimming, biking, or dude, I couldn't swim more than 25 yards without stopping. I only bike I owned was a beach cruiser. I, I, couldn't <laughs> I, I never run more than four miles in my life. And yet I'm heading down to Pebble Beach to try to do this triathlon that I knew nothing about. I almost drowned in the water. I'm getting passed on the bike by 15-year-old girls. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm running in board shorts. I'm getting all chafed up. I'm like, just what am I doing out here? And I had every reason, every reason not to do it. But guess what? That start, that start, just starting, changed my life. And it's always the start that stops us. It's always the start that stops us. And so when you talk about like former major league baseball players and guys who have, who have, who have, who have been to that mountaintop and, and slayed that dragon, right? Yeah. Guess what? It's tough. It's tough to tell that dude, oh, guess what? You're, you're, you're going to start at the bottom again. And yeah. we're going to put you all the way down here. And now what? Now what, now what are you going to do with that? And I think that's, that's the issue that we have with – uh, a lot of players that struggle so mightily with the transition. It's the fact that they've been to the mountaintop, they've been there, they've done that, and they don't like being uncomfortable. They don't like being in a vulnerable, vulnerable position in which they're not the best at what they do. Mm -hmm. But it's those times, Andy, it's, 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 it's when you're completely – Butt-ass naked standing out there in the wide open wilderness. That's when you know you're fucking alive. That is a time where you say, okay, wow. But again, it's, it, it, takes, people, uh, it takes people waking up um, and, and, and being, able to, <sighs> being able to be okay with being uncomfortable. And, and we as a society, we don't like that. We, we, we like as a society, it's like, especially in today's, you know, day that we live in, it's, it's like these, these mod comms as my boy calls, he likes to call them. He's my right-hand training partner and has really been influential in, you know, my life and uh, whatnot. But like the modern, the, the modern conveniences, the mod cons yeah, are, are, are a joke, man. Yeah. Like, and it's just, we, we become so comfortable that I, I think there's, there's life and, 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 and I think life that we're missing out on. And I think it's been uh, horrific when it comes to mental illness. I, I think it's been one of the, one of the number one culprits is, is the, the technology, the, the average of, of, of seven to nine hours a day on a screen um, you know, the basic whole idea of, of, of kids that, you know, now PE has been cut out in 97% of public schools, uh, we're less active and, and, and more obese than we've ever been as a society. So I, you know, all this stuff I think ties in together. Sorry for going on a little rant right there. No, without a doubt, the biggest things, uh, takeaways for me, or of course, all, all of us players and we reached that, that big pinnacle, right? And it's the what's next factor. A lot of guys aren't willing to humble themselves. There's yeah. a point where you have to humble yourself and understand that the next journey, you might have to be in the bus leagues for a half second. Like, I don't care if you made it to the big leagues and you're, you, you played there for 11 years. 
you get into a different world, it's a different world for a reason. And you're going to have to put the same things that, that it took for you to get to the big leagues into these different avenues, right? Uh, whether it's business, relationships, whatever it is. And, and one thing that was a key factor in your book that, that really hit home with me is like, you know, I, I put so much time into baseball, I never even focused on my family. And now all of a sudden you're like, I need to focus on my family. I need to focus on this. And you started th seeing things that are extremely important in life for the next generations. Yeah, it's, um, I, this is tough. And I've, I've kind of gone back and forth with it a little bit. And, and it's almost, I don't want to, I don't want to say a parenting issue, but it's, it's one of those things when you think about like the greatest who have ever played and, mm. and you think about the greatest athletes and the, the, the people who are the greatest at their craft. Well, <laughs> there's a serious sacrifice that comes with that. Without a doubt. We'll use an example of Derek Jeter, right? So, so you know, Jeter, obviously, the, the, the superstar in New York, one of the greatest uh, ball players uh, of our generation. And his whole thing was, you know, he didn't want to get married until until after he was done playing. Yep. And I, it's brilliant. There, there's no other way to put it. it and if you want to be the best baseball player on the planet, you should not get married no. until you're done playing. I, right? I, and I, I, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that, that are probably sitting there and, and, you know, maybe girlfriends listening to this going, oh, geez, this is the last thing I want to hear. Yeah. I, it, it's, 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 it's the truth. truth. Man. It, 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 really, it really is the truth. And, and it's, it's not to say you can't be great. With, with, by getting married and having a family and this and that. But here's the deal. You're not going to be a great husband. You're not going to be a great father. And you're not going to be the best baseball player you could possibly be. Because, quite time. frankly, you have to put everything you have into your craft. You got to be – you are number one. Numero freaking uno, right? And Fact. that's – so I almost think it, it's funny because the correlation – like with where, you know, I, I mean, I look, we, we all have our soft stories, right? It's like I'm tore my hamstring in, 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 in 08. Yeah. I freaking shattered my hand in 09. And next thing you know, it's 2010. I get released and I'm on the outside looking in. And this happened quick. I don't think there's any coincidence that all this stuff sort of correlated with getting married, having kids. And, he, and I, I say that just in the sense that my priority shifted and I loved baseball. I really did. I gave it everything I had to the last day I was on that field, but having a family gave me a perspective that I, it, it, I am so grateful for because I realized that baseball was not life. Baseball was something I did. Baseball was something that I really, really enjoyed but it wasn't life. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, I, I, I go down and it's just those three little kids. I got a, I got a six or seven, eight, nine year old. They, they are life. That is, that is what fuels me beyond. And again, you, you can be great. And there's look, Philip Rivers has got nine kids and he's yada, yada, yada. And he's, he's out carving it up and doing great. Like it's possible, but when you look at, the best of the best. And, 
you know, this is, you and have, this dude, is, there's this a is selfish element you have to have. So this is one thing, and nobody knows this about me, and I'm about to divulge it just because this is an honest podcast. So when I got into baseball, I uh, was dating my high school sweetheart, right? Got through college, ended up getting drafted. I was in the Tigers organization. I get to double A, which is, to me, kind of that make or break division, right, of, of, of guys. Like, obviously, in the high A, I was doing good. I get to double A my first year. You know, did pretty decent, get called back to double A that next year. I'm going through double A and I'm struggling a little bit. And part of it is I got a girl back in Kansas. I got this and that. And I find this girl in Erie, Pennsylvania, who gave me a spark like you've never (laughs) seen in your life. Right. So long story short, I was engaged to my girl back in Kansas and and not to go against any baseball girls or whatever, you know, for me, it needed to be about Andy, and I needed that spark. So I get rid of my girl back in Kansas. Bad blood. It was awful, right? Get rid yeah. of that. Go and, and start dating the girl in Erie, who I ended up engaging also when I got to the big leagues, because she was like, every time I was with her, I was raking. So – in my head, it wasn't as much about that I like this girl. It's like, yeah, oh, my God, this is – she gets me hits, like, over and over. And it was constant hits. And it was just the mindset that I was in. So then I get to the big leagues, and I'm like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life with her. Wait a minute. So then uh, have a year where I'm single. Best year I ever had in my, in my big league career, 2012, uh, I was single my entire season and I was killing it. All I focused on was myself and baseball, right? Uh, Next year, uh, my future wife came into my life. I didn't know at the time it was in January. I go uh, on a, uh, she worked for a sports marketing company. Next thing you know, we start hooking up or not hooking up, but you know, getting together and, and dating or whatever. I bang into the freaking wall in spring training, my right knee cap, Swolled up everything, and since then it was like a downhill spiral until we got married. We and then we got married, <laughs> and then and so I I feel you, man. It's like I, okay, I wait, like focus away from the baseball field. Yeah, but then I got these three kids. I got three kids under four right now. Yeah, who are just amazing. I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. I'm happier than I've ever been in my entire life. When I was in baseball, and this is something I think a lot of people don't realize, like you say, where's your value at? My thing in baseball was I had to get through my emotional issues to go perform every day. So you got your off-the-field emotional issues. So I call it emotional stress. Like we're all under emotional stress. And when you're expected to perform at an extremely high level, and there's people that aren't on board with that extremely high level, it makes it almost impossible, right, to, to be yeah. productive at that level. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I look, we, <laughs> the, the bottom line is, look, we can't control, usually, you know, there are certain things that we can. So as many excuses that you or I want to make and say, hey, look, this is why I had success, which is why I didn't have success, that, yeah. that's – the, the, bottom li- the bottom line is, if you are able to focus on what is within your control, if you're able to take care of the immediate, if you are, and this is what the best do differently too, 
and this is what I imagine you or I didn't do as well as, as we could have or should have mm-hmm. is separate. separate. Like when you get between the white lines, I mean, you, I know you played with those dudes. And, I, and I, I, there's a handful that I played with that when they got to the field and they got in that – it was just whatever else was going on in their life was gone. Everything became – about the moment, the now, the, 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 them taking care of their business. And I think that's what, that's what made them great. Now, you know, when it came to me, I was emotional. I was an emotional dude. I was an emotional player. It's funny because I feel like now with all the endurance stuff that I've done, I've also gotten pretty heavy into studying Stoic philosophy, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, I mean, you know, we, we, could, break, we could break this thing down, do it, talk a little Socrates and, 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 and Plato, but it's all of the, all of the and it, it, when you talk about Stoic philosophy, when I talk about Stoic philosophy, it's actually pretty simple. And, and, it, and it comes down to living a good life, controlling what's in your control and controlling your emotions. That's yeah. it. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing very <laughs> complex about it. So when I look back and I think about myself as a baseball player, it was like the freaking opposite, dude. I, had, I was a yo-yo to my emotions. I, 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 you know, like this good life that we're trying to live was just, was just all over the freaking board. Um, and, and as much as like I wanted to control what was in my control, I was influenced by all these outside forces, and, mm-hmm. and that could be a, a fielder making a good play. Uh, you know, I do everything right, uh, you know, but, but yet, you know, I'm, I'm heading back to the dugout. Uh, you know, it could, it could be the weather. It, it could be, you know, just some kind of random sort of thing. So, you know, I think ultimately, look, it's not the events that happen to us. It, it's our reaction to the events. It's like there's, you know, this thing's not – we're only harmed if we choose to harm ourselves in our mind. Isn't that crazy? Think of like the worst yeah. thing that could possibly happen to you in your life. And, you know, we could come up with some whacked out shit, but you're only going to be harmed, not because of what happened. You're going to be harmed because of your reaction to what happened. So who, you know, if, if, if we're going to sit here and talk, you know, say, say, you know, successful mindset, which is what you like to, you like to, you know, kind of hone in on here yeah. on this podcast, bro. If you want to have a successful mindset, the elite of the elite, protect the within. Protect the, the, the mind is everything. Your reaction in life is everything. Amor fati is a, a Stoic philosophy term, and it means love your fate. Love your fate for all it's worth, the good, the bad, the ugly, because every single time, it's a literally it's a it's a reminder it's a stepping stone to to progress to change and, and again Back. whether it's good or bad or whatever the yeah. other stoic philosophy term that i like to focus on is momento mori that means we all will die and i say this not to be morbid and i don't think that the stoics said this to be morbid i think they say that with the concept that hey look you're going to be dead one day and what you do now with your life is up to you. Here's your life to live. So when we come to grips with our own impermanence, with our own mortality, that's when you're going to pull your freaking head off the pillow in the morning and say, you know what? Hey, 
I better start living my life. And uh, that's just, that's some things that have, that have, that have, you know, really helped me, um, you know, I'd say move on and, and whatnot, but it's, uh, it's funny because it's, a lot of this stuff, I, I, I wish I had a, a better grasp of when, when I played baseball. But you got to remember, baseball is a young man's sport. Wisdom doesn't come without years. Right? True. So we, yes. we both know that. So baseball is a young man's sport. So what I always, what I always am looking back on is leaders I had, uh, influences in my life when I was going through the process. And what, I, what I've kind of realized is there's either people that are far removed from the journey. They're so far removed that, that, that they think baseball is easy again. You know how that's easy to fall into that trap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, how didn't you hit that hanging slider uh, when, when he hung it right out in front of you? Or how didn't you make that play in left when you're a, a potential gold glove candidate? And, and how didn't you do this? The Monday chair quarterbacks, as opposed to the leaders that you have on the field, I really think we need to really focus on how strong are these leader positions that we have and what kind of information – are they given guys that are going through this process now? Right. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the process of thinking through a situation. So when, when I was playing, I was very fortunate to have a very forward thinking attitude. The last, last play didn't even matter good or bad. Right. And that's one thing that I think that always, always helped me through my career. Cause I wasn't the most talented guy. Coaches like me, and even after I did, did a podcast with Gene Lamont, and I'm trying to get uh, Jim Leland Skip back on, but it was, hey, every day that I put Dirks in the lineup, he's probably not the best guy on planet Earth, but I knew exactly what I was going to get out of that dude. You know, like that mindset of, and I didn't even know that at the time. I wish they would have been a little more clear about, hey, Dirks, this is why we like you. Do that better. You know what I mean? Like, make sure that you're all about that and you're all in on that. And it's not always about, hey, man, you got to go hit more home runs. Because I, I fell into that category. I fell into a lot of different categories. But for the leaders of organizations, I think the trickle-down effect in baseball is not done in an efficient manner. So what I'm saying is every leader, and me as a leader in my organization, my real estate business now, I need to let my subordinates know exactly what I expect out of them and exactly what I want out of them. And if they want to do more, the gates are open. Go get it. Yeah. And no, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think there's a, a pretty clear cut process. Uh, there's this guy, Brian King. He's a mental performance coach. And it, I actually, it's, it's just a buddy of mine. And for fun, I took this, his MPM certification class and, uh, you know, j- j- just passed and got my c- certification. And I-, I-, I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting strategies. He, he works with a lot of acronyms and, um, you know, I he, hate, he has, I, I, to be on, on the record, I hate acronyms because yeah. the subordinate, nobody knows what you mean when you say, you know, our AARP right now is 75%. Yeah. Like, yeah. give me, so, so give me a, something in an understandable yeah. fashion. Well, he, 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 does, he does it to make it understandable. So one of the things, it, it's, he has this thing called the MVP process. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's the mission. It, it's, it's, okay, who are we? The vision, uh, where are we going? 
and and then he has the core principles. I, I like the the I like to just kind of refer to the P as the process, which is, which is you know how are we going to get there? Yeah. And I think like in any organization, and and if you know you're a leader of any organization, first of all, I think that the best thing you could do is delegate power. Right. You have you have you have to be able to understand you know what you are good at. Like all the control freaks, uh, it's they never last. It never works. It, it's you know, the ones that have to have their hand into everything, the ones that have the trust and faith in, you know, be it the other coaches, be it the players, like th- those are the ones that are typically the most successful. So, you know, when you think about having this, this sort of MVP uh, process, mission, vision, mission, vision, process, core principles, throw them in there. I feel like that's, that's part of the, uh, that's part of the entire dynamic but you have an idea of where you are. You have an idea of where you're going. Uh, and then you have, you know, this, this grand idea of how you're going to get there. But ultimately it comes down, like we could talk about, we could talk about this all day, but it's, you know, and, and especially this, I said this the other day about, we you know New Year's rolled around. I, New, New Year's resolutions are the biggest crock of shit that I've ever, that I, I've, I've, I've said this for, I've said this for 20 years. Yeah, and and I've I've ref, I've refused to fall into the New Year resolution trap because you're telling me what happens. It's it's this crazy negative cycle that we continue to feed year in and year out. And it's let's just say there's a dude, he's 300 pounds, and he's like, oh hey, New Year's it comes around, and you know now now it's time. So I'm gonna binge drink, I'm gonna binge eat, you know I'm not gonna work out, and then New Year's is gonna come around, and all of a sudden I'm gonna. You know, I'm going to go on a diet. I, I, you know, alcohol is done and I got my gym membership. And then here we are 30 days later, you fall back into the same traps because that's not a lifestyle. These resolutions are, oh yeah, okay, this is a way to solve it in the short term. Temporary. But all you're doing is you're, 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 you're feeding this negative cycle. It's going to continue to come back until you make a lifestyle change and it and it's in it how you do that are baby steps little tiny bit it's the same way where i got done from being this baseball player and you know I, like i said couldn't, couldn't swim more than 25 yards and you know beach cruiser and never run more than four miles to doing 100 mile races and doing a triathlon across the country and it's just like the only way i got to that level was by Staying humble within the process of one foot in front of the other. And that was it. One foot in front of the other. And then it just, you build off of that. But, you know, instead of saying, okay, here's this big New Year's resolution. And here's all my goals and yada, yada, yada. No, start with the freaking day. Start with the day. You want to become more mindful. Like, it's every single day, like, when it comes to the mindfulness thing, shit, man, I, I got, I'm, like, going on 200 hours of meditation. Like that's, that, that was, that, that's a lifestyle. Yeah. That's not a resolution. That's not a, Hey, I'm going to get quit, you know, go, go do a couple of freaking yoga classes and, 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 you know, fire. like you have to make this, you have to make it part of who you are. And I think the best way to do that without a doubt is by creating a routine. Yes, I would agree. And I would go on top of that. So when you're trying to make a lifestyle change, because I know a lot of cats, myself included, when you look at yourself, 
you always got to think about who am I hanging out with? What am I doing on a daily basis? I need to change those things. I don't need to go to the gym at 5.30 every morning and then go do the exact same things during the day that I've been doing. It's a daily structure of your routine that changes, right? So instead of, instead of hanging out with that your drinking buddy who likes to, uh, hey, you know, we're going out to uh, Patty's tonight at, at, at 6 o'clock after work. You need to eliminate that from your life for a while because it's time to work on yourself before you can even think about helping your family or helping uh, getting better at work or, or maybe trying to go and improve yourself in different facets. You got to get yourself under control. And it comes down to, for me, surrounding yourself with the right people. In today's world, that means get rid of all the people on Instagram that you're following that are having that cool life that you think is this and that to getting back to following people like Eric Burns and Andy Dirks, more of that realistic, hey, we're real people. We're not going to beat around the bush. Eric's got a book out right now called The Effort List. I've done the re- I've done the read, and I don't even know. I can't even comprehend how a guy uh, that's done what he has is willing to put it down on paper. And you can get at, at the audio book on. Uh, I, I use Audible, but every facet of what he's saying, it's a real life experience that he went through, and then a progression you can take in life to get better. And that's one thing about the whole book that was like it resonated to me. I'm like, okay, here's the situation that Eric went through. You might have felt that same situation. If not, it's a situation you can you can uh, relate to. Might not have been baseball, but maybe at work, whatever it is. And here's a remedy to that problem. Let's go get it. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of it, Andy. I mean that's it's. Um... <sighs> My dad used to tell me. So there's two things that in in life that that I'll be able to give you that no one can ever take away. The, the first one is education. And the second one is experience. And so through the course of my life, uh, you know, it, it's kid growing up. I felt like, you know, that's exactly what I got. And uh, he passed away a few years ago. And, um, you know, it's, it's now become sort of this mantra of, of how I live my life and what I now want to pass on to, to my children. And that's just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, the idea of remaining open-minded um, and experiences. And if, if you think about like, you know, what life is, it, it, life for me is all about experiences life is uh, uh, this conversation that we're having right here life's the mountain that i'm looking at that i'm going to go up and 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 go pick up my kids in a, in a few minutes and board over to the other side and you know it's 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 just it, it's it's day to day activities of challenging yourself and and just experiencing what's out there but what happens is and we just talked about routines in the good way, but sometimes we get stuck into these routines in the freaking most awful ways. And you're not, you're, you're, you're limiting yourself. There's the, there's the can't and the won't in life, right? You know, where, where, where if you ask them, everyone should say, Hey, like, 
you know, the, the perfect example um, is, is like, hey, you, you want to, if say I'm speaking to a room of 500 people, yeah, you want, you know, patriotic dude, anyone want to come up here and, and lead us in the national anthem? And like zero hands are going to go up, right? Of course. I, I mean, yeah. And, and, it, and it's, and then it's like, okay, you all take care of it and start singing the national anthem. Oh, say, can you say? Yeah. And here's the thing it's not that you can't do it. It's that you won't do it yep. and you won't do it because we have all of these preconceived societal limits that we put on ourselves that we become just the freaking status quo. And, and if there's one thing that, you know, whether it's through the book or, or, um, you know, sort of the whole effort lifestyle that, that I like to promote, it's, it's, it's step outside of your comfort zone, get outside of there. And, and it's, you're going you're gonna to experience new stuff uh, in more things than you ever have in your entire life. Now, you know, all of this was this, you know, I don't say knowledge, wealth, or you know, wh- whatever it is, or wealth of knowledge, I should say. But it, it, it comes with education. It comes with reading. It comes with diving into freaking hundreds of books a year. It comes with experiencing that's what life is and it's it's interesting because we're in this sort of weird cultural time where we have all these life coaches right yeah you got the the 28 year old life coach oh that's never done anything with their own life but they're teaching other people hey you need to do this and you'll succeed yeah of course if i wake up at 6 a.m and i go to the gym every day i'm gonna be better off for it but are you doing that? And that's one thing that I is a big red flag for me. If somebody's not living that lifestyle and not going and getting it, I don't even I don't even listen to them with an inkling of my energy. Right, so Andy, it's, it's all it's every day hey. going out and getting it, just like you, like post baseball. You're running ultra marathons and you're uh, on the treadmill and you're doing wild stuff every day. You're running hundred mile runs like. That's somebody who you should probably start listening to because not only did they succeed in this, they succeed in this. It's it's just here. Here's the thing, and it's not. I'm not trying to pick on the the, you know, the 28 year old life coach that that you know that that has all the answers. Yeah, that's not. I look, man. Like I like I like people who are willing to 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 commit to what they're doing. So, so if, if that's the, the, the path that they chose and they have an ability to, to, to inspire and drive other people to be better, more power to them. I dig that. Like, I, I really have no issues with that. Uh, but I, I, I would also say that you have to understand that there's nothing, nothing better in life than lived life experience. And so, yeah. just like you said, you're not, don't, don't freaking tell me how to do something. Show me how to do it. And yeah. that's where this past summer, the whole concept of this triathlon across America that I did came up. And my wife and I, we had this super, we've been passionate about kids and physical education, the lack of PE, the, the, the seven to nine hours a day on screens. It's just, you know, one thing, the obesity rates tripled in what they were when we grew up in the 1980s. It's just like all this, all this information, all this stuff. And so it's like, okay, well, let's create this foundation. 
and, and, and must tell all these kids to go outside and play and, and tell them the benefits of exercise. Yeah, there's an element of telling that's going to be done, but I've always believed and I've always responded to not somebody who told me how to do something. I respond to people who show me how to freaking do it. Fact. And so that was the idea of swimming the San Francisco Bay, seven miles, biking to Chicago, which ended up being more than 2,400, and then running to New York City, which was a, you know over 900 miles, and making these stops at these different ballparks and seeing the effect that it had on the kids. Like when we rolled into a school in Philadelphia and literally like run up to the school and we're there with these kids and they're like, you did what to get here? Yeah. And, and they get yeah. it. And, and it's funny because that, that same school I'm talking about in Philly, we walked in there and these kids are all sitting around and I mean, the, the energy could not have been any lower. And so I have these things. It's one of my, it's part of the daily effort list 22 that I have, which is like 22 items throughout the course of my day that are part of my routine that all hit at yeah. different points of the day. Um, and dopamine jumps were, were are, you know, three, four, five, I don't know, sometimes 10 times a day where literally the idea and the concept of just standing up, jumping up in the air 10 times as high as you can stimulates the frontal lobe of the brain and basically gets these people freaking dialed in, moving, charging. And it's, you know, the whole correlation, it's not just the physical activity and, and what it does for the, the body and the health that wise, it, it has to do with what it does for the mind. And so obviously, you know, full blown ADHD is how I grew up. If without PE, I would have been dead. Yeah. I would have never had any chance of survival unless I was able to get up, move, stimulate the mind, and then which what that does it allowed me to focus in school and, 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 and be a, a, a normal, productive member of society. And to, to think that we've taken that away from our children and 97% of public schools, daily PE is a joke. Yeah, it's an absolute joke. You got to give a kid an outlet. And that, that was the same way I was. My mom has told me several times she's like you know i could have taken you to a doctor and they would have prescribed you with some kind of pill to calm you down because i was on the go man i was 24 7 i didn't even sit down to watch a baseball game because i was outside like throwing the ball against the concrete steps my bouncy ball and and playing like i was those guys 24 7 and you can't take that away from a kid because especially and I'm not – some some females are that way, but I think our school system is definitely catered towards uh, the females, right, to where people who are more willing to sit down there and, and look at data. And when all I could think about – and I got set apart from my entire class when I was in grade school, and they would set me off in a corner by myself, and I couldn't talk, and I couldn't do anything, in a corner, facing the corner by myself with my own thoughts – and it was torture. It's like, it's like you know, if you took a, a, a guy, it, you talk about all these torture trainings they give, uh, uh, waterboarding and all that. That was my waterboarding in life, yeah. was to sit there in a the corner and stare at the wall and people telling me, like, you're being disruptive. We can't have this. And my mom always put up with it. So it, that's one thing I always go back to. I'm like, she could have put me on drugs. She could have, like, tried to get a pill to – make me fit in with today's society but she didn't she said i know andy's a good boy and i know he's just got a lot of energy he needs to burn his energy <laughs> so when i ran away from home and i was like 
seven years old and the cop picked me up and brought me back to the house. Like that was just part of the process, you know, <laughs> this is all part of the process, dude. But yeah, we, we just had, we got, we got to continue. I, I, I have two daughters and, and, and a son and I, I'll tell you what, every, all three of them, it's like, it, until we get them outside, like I literally have, have opened the back door, the sliding glass back door. And I, I've locked them outside. And you're, you're, you guys aren't you guys aren't coming in. I'll see you in two hours. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. We got we got to force these kids to play because it, look, it's not their fault. We we've made we've made technology so readily available for them. We put screens in their hands, and, and I get it. Part of it is okay. Yeah, this is the way the world's going. This and that. But we we have created this, and we have fostered this, and now it's time we need to fix this. And, and, and I, I really think it starts with just a complete and total commitment with our public education system to get kids back outside and get them playing. Without a doubt. It takes effort. And this is one thing that uh, the further we get into the change of not getting kids outside, the harder it's going to be to remedy it. Because this is one thing I know about people. We're all reluctant to change. Nobody wants to make a change in their life. Nobody but if it's the status quo that the kid has to go outside, it's going to happen. But the yeah, going to be to re-implement that down the road, and that—that's why I think you're doing it at a very crucial moment in our society, to where we're not so far away from it. Because I get a lot of parents. I just wish my kid would, you know, go play like like we used to back in the day. But all they want to do is play that video game, and I'm like, take the controller away, put them outside give them a ball or give them a bike or whatever and say, Hey, go play outside for an hour. And then we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent, dude. So I think you we're in a pivotal moment right now with what, because we never had technology. I was the last generation. I'm about, how old are you, Eric? 42. So I'm about 10 years younger than you. Uh, and I was the last generation of like zero technology to a ton of technology. And I remember when I was in the big leagues, everybody started getting on social media. I didn't want any part of it because I saw guys ruining their career on social media when it first started. They yeah. would say something about their organization. Next thing I know, they're not even in the system. You know, it's like, yeah. they're just gone, dude. And so I said, I don't want anything to do with it. Now I see the uh, productive side of it. Mm-hmm. If you do and there it the right is. way, there's, there's a, a big, good there's way. a big time productive side of it. Yeah, for you, you can get your message out. You can get your 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 kids out in the in in the play zone. You can get your book promoted, which is going to help people. You can just give people a, a positive attitude about life. Right now, I think that social media, the way it looks now, we're just now getting into the breaking point of fake versus reality. Because we've had a, we have so much depression and anxiety with these kids. Some of it is they haven't done their dopamine jumps, obviously. Because if <laughs> you get your body moving, your positive energy go, starts accelerating, right? But yeah. for the kid out there who sees all these people, and even the athletes that live this perfect life, I think we could both tell them there's no such thing as perfect. No. I mean, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It's just, it's just not. And, and, and now you're, you have this whole generation of kids, you know, growing up with these false expectations. And, you know, th there's no wonder that depression's at an all-time high. Uh, you know, suicide rates have been through the roof. Like, it's, 
you know, and, 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 and we're fostering this and we're creating this. And, um, you know, if, if kids are going to have social media, you got you got to teach them how to use it. And, yeah. and the, number one, I wouldn't even recommend, you know, anyone under the age of 18 get on there. But if it's if it's there, it, it, whatever. All right. Well, you know, let, let's let's understand that it's, it's not going away. So how do how do we best utilize this? Whereas we can use this to be a tool that will be beneficial and, and, and will help you progress in life. And once we're able to go ahead and figure that out. Okay. But you know, again, it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a struggle. It, it's going to be a constant struggle, um, you know, going forward. But you know, part of it is, and it's not the, Hey, life was better, way better, but like, look, life's good. Right. Every, every day we get to wake up and take a breath. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but I just think that we have to we have to continue to hold ourselves accountable to the type of people that we want to be. And, and that's, um, you know, I, th- I think that's the most important thing. Awesome, man. So Eric's got to go pick up his kids from school here shortly. Eric, where can people find you and find your book? Uh, it's just geez, go to ericburns.com. Um, e r i c b y r n e s dot com. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of this stuff's there. So yeah, just Google. pretty much. I always say people, G O O G L E. If you want to find what he's got going on, Google him. He's got nothing to hide. He's a class act guy. Uh, I wouldn't promote him if he wasn't. I think uh, a lot of the stuff that he's doing right now is stuff that it's not easy to do, but he's taking on the challenge. Right. And he's a challenge oriented guy. Obviously, he's running ultra marathons, ran over 100 miles in a race. We haven't even got to that where, you know, guys just start hallucinating and seeing mountain lions chasing them and all sorts of stuff. But uh, a guy that's still going out and getting it, it's great for the baseball community and great for your kid. If they if they want to pursue baseball to think, you know, after baseball, they're going to have to do something. So a person that they get attached to when their when their days are done, Eric. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, man. I appreciate it. Andy, thanks, bro. I appreciate what you're doing, you know, spreading the good word. And I, I think ultimately, um, you know, the whole the whole concept and idea is, is just to keep keep charging. That's it. Keep you know, charging. Keep, keep, uh, that's it. Keep keep it keep it simple. But yeah, we have. Um, I'll have some on the website, basically. We're t- I, I started these things. They're pretty much daily emails that go out. And, but the whole idea about writing the book and the effort list was that, look, it's a mentality. It's a lifestyle. And it's not just, you know, hey, here's this. And, and so in the effort list, we have li- it's called Life Lessons from a Human, human Crash Chest Dummy, where I wasn't going to write a book unless I was going to give the reader something of value not just a bunch of stories stories are cool and yeah. there's some really fun stories in there but it's it's the lessons that i was able to you know once remove um from the situation and and a lot of the situation several years from the situation i've been able to go back and and look upon it and say how how did this how did this help me in life and and, and a lot of the experiences were were heartbreaking ones were ones that you know brought me to my knees that you know had me experience the uh, the the inner depths of the canyons where you know it's not necessarily the place that 
you know, we want to go. But again, it's, it's, you know, a lot of times we don't have control over that. We just have control over the way we're able to react to it. And um, anyway, so yeah, just, I mean, to all baseball players in general, and I imagine there's some former baseball players that, you know, listen to this or current guys going through it. Look, stay humble in the process. And when it gets done and, and it will end for each and every single one of you, don't stop. Don't stop. Redirect that passion. It's like any addiction. You ever want to break an addiction? <laughs> You'll never break an addiction unless you find something to replace that addiction. Fact. It, 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 won't, it won't happen. But in, in, you know, whether it's chewing tobacco to chewing gum or just figuring it out, find something to replace and put your passion towards. And dude, you'll, you'll, you'll affect lives that way. And, and, and you're not going to necessarily even affect lives by, you know, what you're preaching. You're going to affect lives by what you're living. Simple as that. Love it, man. I don't think without a doubt when you're as involved into a sport like baseball as, as guys that get to the pro level and then play in the big leagues and have sac- done sacrifice and, and live their whole life to get there. And then it can be gone in an instant. It's different than most occupations, you know, uh, I think. But at the end of the day, find a way to replace it with something positive as opposed to something negative. That's it, I think man. That's, that's solid gold advice. And we know what we replace things with. We're all guilty in different ways, right? So uh, charge forward, keep hammering, keep doing your thing. And Eric Burns has got your back. Andy Dirks has your back. If you have anything you need, you can hit me at Andy Dirks 12. Hit me with a DM. Hit, uh, I'm sure you can hit Eric with a DM. Uh, we're more than happy to help anybody in a situation where they're just like, what's next? I don't know what to do. Uh, Eric, again, man, I'm going to have you on the show again if you're up for it. This has been awesome. Whatever, dude. Again, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you. Uh you doing this podcast. I think, I think this, uh, you know, the mindset that you're taking, Andy, it, it's, it's going to help a lot of people. Well, it's the mindset that, uh, that helped me get through life. And when bad things came, just like you, and also helped me succeed and take my freaking white bow legged slow ass and make him a big leaguer. Wow. <laughs> like how else are you going to get that in, in any other occupation that doesn't work? It's the mindset. Hey. You know that. All right. Love you, Eric. Have a good night. All right. You too, Andy. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, bro.